And welcome everybody to not just another edition of the CarCast, but a special edition. It is a milestone for us, our 100th episode, which is pretty remarkable considering we're doing this in our car after games, usually tired, in this case sick, so forgive me for the raspiness of the voice and coughing. Yeah, toughen it out. It's another hockey game. You can't just whine about it like, you know, like. Players play through injuries, so do we. Owen Newkirk, Sean Shapiro. Um, this is the John Davidson yes. episode. Now you say, but John Davidson didn't wear number 100. But Sean had an interesting idea shortly after we started doing player jersey number associations. I think it was the Ray Bork, 77. Yes. And so we said, well, Jesus, too bad we didn't do the first 76 episodes. Yeah. But you had an idea. I said, why not? Let's... Uh Let's restart the numbers at 100 using double zero as for for number for number 100. And little do people, and I'm not sure if any people know that double zero is a number players actually can wear in the NHL. Do you think somebody will wear double zero again? Um, because only two players, according to our list, yes, have ever worn double zero. One was John Davidson, of course. If you don't know who John Davidson is, you really should. But I could see where this uh, the younger generation now, Sean, mm-hmm. is getting too far removed because John Davidson was a rather exciting personality. But he was a goaltender for yeah. the New York Rangers way before he became a broadcaster. By the way, one of my favorite color analysts ever. Mm-hmm. I th- think he's one of the best. Such an incredible personality. Funny, great voice, just lit up the room. And, by the way, now he's the president of the... Yeah, uh, someone who is... Is he, is he the president or the hockey ops president? I can't remember his exact title, but... president for the Rangers. President for the New York Rangers. Yeah. He worked for the Columbus Blue Jackets yeah. in that capacity and the St. Louis Blues before that. Someone who has kind of <coughs> dabbled in, in both the media realm and the... Uh, both the media realm and the, obviously... Uh, and kind of the management side of things. That's right. Um, which is not, it's not, <coughs> his, his is interesting though, because I believe he was in media before management, right? Oh yeah, he was yeah. He was a broadcaster. Like, but he didn't, he didn't ever have any management before broadcasting, did he? Don't believe so. Because, I mean, we do see the other thing all the time, where guys go from a management role to being an analyst somewhere afterwards. Oh, or sure. I mean, I think of the one that I think of is Brian Burke, mm-hmm. because he's been a GM for a long time, and now he's... Uh, uh, a TSN guy, I think, or is he Sportsnet? Uh, Sportsnet. Sportsnet guy, yeah. um, and I see him on Hockey Central quite a bit. Yeah. The radio. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but we figured, why not? Let's start over with uh, let's start over with with a hundred with as double zero. Um, I would imagine. Plus, gives them, gives us another seventy-seven numbers it, to. It does, talk about. And, and and the other thing is the other great thing is there is another double zero, so we can go all the way through again. There's also a single zero. There is as well, which is wild. Yeah, uh, I would I would find it fun sometime in the future if somebody had some personality that said I want to be double zero. Yes. Uh, would you say it has to be a goalie? Uh, it seems that way. Um, I would be okay with it if it wasn't. Yeah, I mean, I, I wonder. It's the type of thing where I wonder if. Uh, You've got a uh, <coughs> like those teams that have a lot of retired numbers. Yes. Like just say like a Detroit or probably Detroit's Detroit or a Montreal or yeah. someone that has a lot of retired numbers who or a Boston where it's like hey we're, we we're, have we're, no single digits we're, we're ending up now with 
everyone's in the 80s and the 70s and everything like that, and someone says, you know what, I'll wear zero. <laughs> Why not? Like, yeah. So, um, I, I think... It'll goal- be, you know, Sean, it'll be interesting uh, long run. Now, teams aren't going to just start on a massive uh, spree of retiring jerseys, but in soccer, particularly, the one I'm thinking of is the English Premier League. They don't retire jerseys, but they honor them, right? And yeah. they talk about, well, you get to wear the vaunted, say, number seven jersey. It's what the it's, NFL does for a lot of teams, too. Right? Well, of course, yeah, yeah. because you just you just have a ring of honor yeah. of these famous names and uh, yet the others. And I think that's kind of fun. Instead of retiring the jersey, which, look, I get it. Retired jerseys are great, and I have a problem with it. But it's fun to say, well, you know, who's the next in line to wear the coveted number 10? And you go, yeah, okay, we, for this team, this guy wore it, and this guy wore it, and now you have the honor of wearing the same yeah. that so-and-so. And that would be kind of cool. And we discussed this before. I'm a fan. I, I like the retired jersey. Um, I like the um, – I think other sport. I think different sports can have different takes on it. I'm fine with that. Um, I sure. also I also think in typically – I think the, the – I typically think the standard for retired numbers needs to be be higher than it is sometimes because I feel um, and it typically isn't that usually from franchises that don't have the uh, same level of marquee legacy players. Yeah, that's that's true. It, I mean, yeah. I no disrespect to those teams, but you know, some of the teams like Montreal has a pile of players retired because they won so many Stanley oh, Cups. Yeah. It was. I mean, again, that's the history and having good teams for a long time. However, the worst retired number, in my opinion, in the NHL actually, is number one by the Minnesota Wild for Wild fans. Now, that's just silly to me. And the fact that <laughs> so they have of a goalie wear number one. The fact, yes, the fact that Minnesota Wild have number one hanging in the rafters already is just silly to me. I agree with that. Um, um, they would be better off. I mean, come on, don't retire. Like, come on. Just you're you were an expansion franchise in 2000. You have 20 years now. Be patient. Yes. Right. So um, it's the only better they have. Uh, oh, <laughs> that's harsh. Um, anyway, you really want to start off our hundredth episode by teeing off on the wild? No, but they won the game tonight. So they did. Um, All right. So let's get to the game real quick. Stars had a fantastic start for the first time in nine games. And just the seventh time under Rick Bonus, and I'm not doing this to chirp. These Rick are Bonus. just factual things. It just happens. Yes. In 23 games, the Stars have now scored the first goal seven times. Mm-hmm. However, this is just the second time they've lost in regulation when they've scored first during that span. The point is, is that they got the first goal. They had a really strong first period. I had a 12 to five quality chance advantage yeah. in the first period. Um, and just like the New York Islanders did to the Stars when they were the tired team on Tuesday, the Islanders dominated chances. I think they had 11 to 2 or 3 at that point. Yeah. And just like the Islanders, the Stars only had one goal to show for them. Yeah, they needed to score more. I thought Devin Dupnik was really good in the first period, too. Um, give him a lot of credit. He had some um, big saves. Yeah. Uh, Yanmark had a one-timer in the slot early in the game. Yeah. He denied. Uh, Radulov had a, from Yanmark, cross-ice pass. Big save on the back door. That could have opened up the game a bit. But they eventually got a goal on the power play, and it's Joe Pavelski. And, Sean, uh, this could, I know I'm maybe rushing to judgment because it's only been four games, but Joe Pavelski now has scored four goals in his last four games, points in four, and three of those four goals on the power play, one in overtime, not on the power play. 
this is a really good time of the year for him to get going. And, and I wrote about this today. This is, this is a huge development for the Stars. This is something that they needed. Um, they, they needed him to get going. They needed um, something from Corey Perry. He's someone who has... And he had a great road trip. Yeah, he had a great road trip tonight. Uh, was obviously not his night, but great road trip. Um, he and, also, and to be fair, yeah. that line got picked apart a bit in the third because they didn't have Alexander Radulov on this. true. So um, they didn't get the ice yeah. time as normal. And then the other thing that's just big, and this was the main crux of kind of what we wrote about today, was we when Joe Pavelski came in, we talked about, we thought all about, okay, him and John Klingberg are going to connect. They're going to be, he's the net front guy. Klingberg's the point guy. There is going to be this connection. It's going to be great. It should be instant chemistry. It should, it should be instant chemistry. And It's not. And they went the first 50 games of the season um, without having a single point. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy, yeah. Like, but, I figured, okay, maybe they struggle for the set kind yeah. of power play chemistry. Yeah. But you get one at some yeah. point where go, maybe there's a second assist here. Yeah, exactly. To go 50 games where either where neither of them had a goal where the other one assisted on his face is fast. It's crazy. a big chunk of it now, they haven't been on the same power play unit. Yeah. Because they had Miro playing with that group and, and Klinger playing with the other group. Mm-hmm. I think this is the right long-term I, setup. I do too. But remember, they, they were struggling, so they mixed things up. That's, yeah. So they weren't even playing on the but, same group. But the other thing about just kind of tonight, and I know it's the secondary assist on Pavelski's goal, but it's now three straight games where Pavelski or Klingberg have scored and the other has an assist. Hey, That's, uh, it counts. It means so, something. Yeah, and so that is something that I think is a big development for this team. You ready for this stat? Sure, well, yeah. This, this is bad. Minnesota Wild have now given up a power play goal against in 12 of their last 14 games. And that doesn't even count the Gurionov goal because it came one second after yeah. the power play expired. But think about that. In f- their last 14 games, they have given up at least one power play goal against in 12 of them. Mm-hmm. That's not pretty, good. That's pretty bad. Especially for a team that has a coach that is kind of known for... <laughs> Crafting a better penalty kill <laughs> and to like hold it to a different yeah. standard. Yes, so that's uh, that's 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 a fun fact. It is uh, a certainly. So, a fun but fact. It, thing is, stars get that goal, but it's the only goal they get in the first period. Um, they uh, should have been two or three yeah. based on only, how they. Only played. the 16th time this season the stars have led after the first period. <laughs> um, they were. Tonight, with the loss tonight, they are now only, they've only lost in regulation twice when leading after the first period. Um, and that's look, it's, yeah. we're not saying that no, they no, should change yeah. and no, no, go no, back no, to no, giving no. up the first. No, 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 it's, it's not. It's not the. Uh, that's not what we're saying. It's just kind of a coincidence, uh, yeah. or maybe it's a bit ironic that they keep winning games with a yeah. chase because it's a bad formula long term. And yet, Sean, as we talked about. In 16 of the 23 games under Rick Bonus, they've given up the first goal, and they've won 13 of those. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. Um, they're 13 now, eight and two under Rick Bonus, and I think they are nine, seven and one in games where they've given up, or nine, six and one, excuse me, in games where they've given up. The yeah. Okay. The point is, is that they actually have a winning record when not scoring first. And here's the thing, though. This isn't just a Stars thing. I've heard this trend a bit in the NHL overall. Scoring first in the last couple of seasons hasn't been as important to winning for teams in the NHL in the last couple of years as it used to be. Yeah. But yeah. having the lead in going into the third period is still very big. 
Yeah. And the Stars lost it tonight. Yeah. We'll get to that. Yeah. So early second period, they get another power play, mm-hmm. and they score right after the power play. But yeah. what a shot by yeah. Ariana. It's, 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 it's funny where it's not only one of those goals that where technically it's not a power play goal. It's technically not, but Kurianov's windup was technically happening while the wild player was still in the box. Yes. Like, it's like it's it's a power play it, it goal. One second yeah. after it yeah. expired. It's a power play goal in every sense, where it just statistically it's not. Was he actually, did it, was foot on the ice when the puck went in? Coming yeah, out he, of the was, box? he was. Okay. But it was still a... But he wasn't a, in the play. No, he wasn't in the play. Yeah. It was so sort by, of that power play extended. Exactly. Uh, it's one of those where, like, you look at the power play tonight, and if you're the coaching staff, you're like, okay, we were two for six. That's how you look at it. Yes. As opposed to being one and for six. And scary enough... You could look at power play and go, if you get one more, you win the game. Exactly. And um, uh, we'll get to that later. They had one. And they did. Which was unreal. But anyway. Yeah. Um, so they're up 2 nothing. Um, they haven't been up 2 nothing for a long, a long time. Um, they had scored first very yeah. like, What was it? Uh, it was the, it was nine games ago. It was yeah. at San Jose, which was January 11th, I think. Yeah. Is the right date? And they lost that game. And they lost that game, <laughs> ironically, of all yeah. things. Yeah. So, um, but they're, so they're up two nothing, and then you get the uh, the first kind of break Minnesota gets is the first goal um, for that for Joel Erickson that gets the goal. Um, you have a uh, what happens on this one is essentially it's kind of scored from just below at the goal line. Um, you get. You get a play where Ben Bishop ends up getting all of his weight on the left side, looks at uh, on the left post. It looks like Erickson Eck is going to go for the wraparound. He starts to open up, and that's when Erickson Eck basically banks it off of a combination of Pollock and Bishop. Into it's like the he was trying to just stuff it in. Yeah, on that near it, post, yeah. just just push yes. through. Yeah, but you like you look at it. It's it's one of those where essentially Bishop kind of got caught. It's also, his post it's also hard to hold the post for a long time, isn't it? Like you, it, it depends on how you're you're positioned and what what technique you use. But there are instances where if you lean against the post initially, after a moment, your momentum is going to push you off of the post, right? Yeah, but in this case, it wasn't even that. In this case, you think it was just the anticipation. No, in this case, what it more was was it was over. It was. It was going too far in one direction and overcorrecting okay. too far back. That's what it was. Where it was, he was. If you look at it from the behind the net play angle, Ugh, there's a me. spot where Bishop is almost has both feet outside the left side of the post. Okay. Which is not the ideal position um, because Erickson Eck would have had the wrap. Would have had if he had got made it around, he would have mm-hmm. had the far post wrap. And so Bishop is in that spot. And with both feet where they are, he needs to get over to the right side. He needs to sell, he needs to correct when Eric Sinek goes for the full wrap. That's how he reads it. But Eric Sinek, instead of going for the full wrap around, stuffs near post. Right. And that's when Bishop's legs kind of opened up a bit more. It goes off the inside of Bishop's leg. Pollock kind of is trying to get there with the stick. It goes off Pollock, too, and it goes in. Um, that's why Bishop ended up kind of falling back a little bit, because he's going a couple different ways and basically kind of starts with not being in that 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 proper post position at the start. Yep. Um, so that's kind of that's so that's how it's two to one. So that's uh, I, yeah. I think was it about a little under six minutes later. Yeah. The wild tie it, and this is the one that really stuck. This this yeah this is the one that really so, stuck. Look, the the first goal for Minnesota wasn't great from Bishop, but you can live with it because it's still a two one lead and it's kind of a fluky play. Yeah. yeah. This one gets a little ugly. Yeah, this one's ugly. This one is a 
Ryan Donato basically kind of is, it's almost, it should be a nothing play. Ryan Donato is, is kind of the goal line. Is that, is that the goal line? He's doing one of those. Okay. I'm going to turn and throw it. This is kind of near the end of a shift. I'm trying to get a whistle type play. And rather than just turn the puck. Over. Exactly. And Bishop is on his post, but doesn't have the full lean into the left post. Um, he doesn't have the full lean to the left post. It basically goes right between his hip and the iron, and, and it goes in. And that's a play where well, yeah, the Islanders' goal um, on very, Tuesday, very similar, other side yeah, of the yeah, ice, but yeah, the same yeah. style play. Yeah. And so now that's three games in a yeah. row where the Stars' goalie has given up a really bad angle. Goal. Yeah, v- very similar. And it's it's a uh, it's 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 one of the um, there aren't. I mean, he's he's going to be a finalist for the Vezina Trophy this year. It's, but, so there aren't any weaknesses, but if you're looking at the weakness in Ben Bishop's game, one of them is kind of his technical play and his play with the posts. Yes. That's, that's been a weakness and a technical kind of thing for him throughout his career. There are, it doesn't happen that often either. It doesn't happen that often. And really, yeah, yeah. for the most part, Sean, one of the things I made, yeah. that I, I believe makes Ben Bishop such a great goalie is that those typically don't get him rattled. Correct. And he's able to recover and still play well, whereas we've seen in the past some goalies for the Stars and others yeah. have given up a bad goal, thought about it too much, and given up another bad goal and let it snowball into a bad performance. Yeah. Well, and it's it's a situation where you don't have... Uh, What's the right way to put this? Like, it's, it's a situation where you need... I know I see people talking about, uh, like... People are going to say, okay, well, Bishop needs to work on his post-play, and he does. And he does, and that's some things. But there's also certain things about his game that Bishop does that he uses his length. He uses... There's other saves he makes that aren't technically pretty that he, that he, that, that he wouldn't make otherwise. So... It's, it's one of those where you kind of live and die with it from time to time, and it's just one of those where it came back to bite the Stars more than it needed to in the past couple games. That's fair. Yeah. Um, but that, in the yeah. long run, he's yes. won them a lot more points than he's lost. Yes, yeah, so, so I mean, like, perfect example. You're not going to get in there and just tear apart no, your goalie tonight. No, no, no. Perfect example is they, they, they don't get a point in Brooklyn the other night without him. Yeah, his first period yeah, was yeah. so good. Like, the, put it this way. The Islanders came out with such a good start that it could have been four nothing in the game yeah. over before things even got started. And, and I, I, I kind of get. I mean, yes, he lets up the occasional bad goal. It happens. We, we've seen that. I don't know many goalies that don't ever. I, have I, that, I, I know. Right? Yeah, but the, the, thing, right. the thing that I we see when it happens is that we get the very revisionist history of oh well. Um, this is this is his mo. We he he doesn't play well and he lets up a bad goal and then it, it just deflates the team. Seems I like mean, very short term memory. It, it, it's very short term memory. I mean, you you look at his overall body of work and you look at the and you look at what he's done for this Stars team and it's very, I think it's short sighted to, it's short sighted to get overly hung up on on a game like tonight. Um, and yes, it happens, but it happens it happens to a lot of goalies yep. and. Um, I, it, like, I look at this game tonight, and it's a game where I, Ben Bishop knows he lost, Ben Bishop lost this game. Ben Bishop knows he lost this game. He's not going to lose the next game for him. Like, it's, that's. I agree. And so, uh, so it's 2-2 going to the third period. Okay. <laughs> so you go to the third period. No, it's okay to let you rant for that, because, yeah. you know, I, I 
don't want to just talk over you on podcast. <laughs> if anyone thinks that Sean doesn't get what he needs to say out during a car cast, you're absolutely crazy. He has plenty to say. Anyway, we're in the foul odor section yeah, of the car. It's been for dump like right over there, two though. miles now, and it's just poor. It's been bad. It's really bad. Yeah. However, we move on. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of Ben Bishop and some erratic play, he almost gives away oh, yeah, that been bad. to Ryan Hartman. Mm-hmm. Turnover in his own zone, and Hartman shot it by Bishop. I missed the net. Missed wide left post. I don't know if Bishop had that covered. I don't think so either. I think he would have been beat, and that yes. would have been really awful. But he gets away with it, and look, that happens from any goalie that plays the buck, and yeah. he's not going to be lacking confidence to play again. Uh-huh. But then late in the period, the Stars get another power play, and they get the chance they were looking for. Yeah. And Roddick Fox gets the cross-ice feed from Corey Perry, who probably should be thinking he should have a four-game point streak because yeah. he makes an excellent pass. Foxick elevates the puck. Great save by Devin. I mean, if he gets yeah. it up another couple inches, it's in the net. Yeah. But at what point do you have to sit, just t- tip your cap to Dubnik? I mean, he made an excellent cross. No, tremendous post, post save. save. Yeah. Tremendous save by Dubnik going left to right. Um, and also, kind of, it, it's a save, too, where a lot of times... And Foxa did get some elevation on the puck. A lot of times that's enough in that situation because as the goalie comes across, you can get across quicker because you, as you collapse to get longer across. Right. So Dubnik did a great job of getting across and staying big. Um, he got his yeah. hand up. Yeah. Uh, one, I, I hate to pick on Kari, mm-hmm. but Kari Letton, and one of the things I, for all his, I mean, he was so uh, athletically and technically gifted. Yeah. One of the things I didn't like about his game is after a sprawling save, I felt like he got stuck in quicksand or sort of swimming where he'd fall on his stomach mm-hmm. and then he'd be completely out of the play. Well, he would shrink. He would shrink, right. would shrink, right. But it wasn't yeah. just saving and getting his shoulders low, but he would kind of dive forward and end up yeah. falling flat. And yeah. then he wouldn't take – I mean, as opposed to just staying yeah. – the, the counter is a guy like Jake Ottinger, who, again, has a long way to go. Mm-hmm or at least a ways to go, would make a save and still sort of be in that upright butterfly position, so at least he still has a chance to block something, even if he's not making the save. Yeah. Uh, and Bishop does that, too. Yeah. He usually stays relatively big. But anyway, so... That's the, the, that was the chance to win the game. Like that They, was, they uh, score yeah. that. It's it's a mid, mid to late, mid-third period. Yes. They go up 3-2. to two. They probably win. Instead, you get to the final minute now, and, Sean, you're thinking, okay, well, overtime. going to overtime... Yeah. But the Stars have a pretty big lead on on Minnesota, so giving them a point isn't really that big of a deal, even though it's a division opponent. It's one of those where, like, I was we were joking in the press box in Brooklyn, where at one point uh, we were joking in the press box in Brooklyn, where where Barry, when it was tied game, and uh, Barry Trotz and Rick Bonus probably walking walking past each other, both going to the bench before their period, saying like, okay. Let's hold the puck for 20 minutes, and we'll go to overtime. We'll each get a point, and then... Yeah, then um, we'll roll the dice, yeah. right? And, and you and could have... the Stars had the lead, yeah, Bones was yeah, upset yeah, about yeah. it. <laughs> you, could have, you, could have, you could have applied the same philosophy tonight, because you're at a spot where, obviously, in a ideal world for Minnesota, they think, oh, yeah, we can go catch Colorado, and... But 
realistically, Minnesota's hunt is for the wild card. They're, that, that, that is their they're hunt. actually in it. Yes, that's that is that but is yes. the, that is their hunt. The Stars hunt is trying to get above Colorado to and, get that home ice and, advantage and for the first maybe, round. Maybe and maybe catch St. Louis if they take Boy, care of business. Boy, they'd have to really go on a run. And they, they? they'd really have to take care of they have those three, three games, games this month, so, including tomorrow. And, and so the two teams have separate goals. Technically and, today, because yes. we are now past yes. midnight. And, Woo! One hundred. So. <laughs> the two teams have different things they're aiming for. It's just like Eastern Conference versus Western Conference game, where I think both teams would have been thrilled going to overtime and getting a point, and then I think see so what too. happened. And so I don't think the I, I think there would have been a little bit of disappointment, but not very much. Yes. So they get to the final minute, and there's this, you know, it's funny. They both go heavy. They both go heavy in the final. We were line talking, of choice, yeah. Sean, Bruce, and I during the game of how you just don't see a lot of stalemate pins of the puck along the boards. When I was a kid. I go to a lot of college hockey games at the University of Maine because it was by far the closest. Uh, Boston was a four-hour drive away, mm-hmm. so we didn't go to NHL games at all. Uh, I didn't go until we went to Quebec City, actually, for a Bruins Nordiques game when we were on a vacation up there. But we used to watch the University of Maine quite a bit. I'm sure I've talked about it before. Monty <laughs> played there. Paul Correa, Garth Snow, I could go on and on. Anyway, uh but there were times in college hockey games back then where there would be stoppages of play frequently because you'd get it trapped between skates and five or six guys would pin each other against the wall and they wouldn't move and the lines wouldn't have to stop play. All right, we're going to have a face-off. And this is back when a face-off could be anywhere. It didn't have to be at one of the dots. So there'd be these odd drops, you know, along that side. But anyway. Yeah, that's a real – for some people, for if you haven't watched hockey from that era, it's weird. It is, isn't it's it? Because, so weird. Well, like, it was normal back yeah, yeah. then. But, no, now yeah, but it it's weird fun. now to watch. Like, right. to think, like, oh, well, there's a here's a face-off drop about – They would do randomly in the high side of the offensive yeah. zone. Yeah. Anyway, so fast forward to tonight. Bruce and I are talking about how you just don't see these kind of scrum. I mean, the referees say, we're not going to blow the whistle. You better move it. So yeah. something happens. The last minute of the game, yeah. they get basically stuck for what is about twenty seconds. So it went from I, I went and rewatched it. Did um, you? Okay, 57.2 great. Fifty-seven point two seconds to uh, thirty-six point two seconds. Wow! So it was yeah. 20, yeah. It was about 21, twenty-one seconds. About twenty-one seconds. I was just guessing yeah. on that. But uh, and that the refs could have blown the whistle. They didn't. Um, no, because they won't. They're going to say. I mean, it, it, if it gets that ridiculous, they yeah. won't. Um, it was pretty close to ridiculous. Yes, it was pretty close to ridiculous. So in theory, the refs could have blown the whistle. They didn't. Um, the Stars then, the I'm sorry, not the Stars, the Wild then took advantage of the fact of two things. A, they had their three biggest forwards had, in terms yes, of drawing and, and, and they had the, they didn't blow the whistle. Um, the Stars were effectively playing four and a half to five because Tyler Sagan's stick broke. Yep. Um, and... So puck gets out to Jonas Brodin at the point. Shot that goes uh, that goes wide, um, kind of. And what happens is not gets, even a very good shot. Not even a very good shot. But puck gets to Erickson Eck on the shot. Bishop kind of plays it farther to the right because of that overcommitment by a by by a se- by, by a yeah. second. He's not able to get back over in time for the for the wraparound, and Erickson Eck scores the, the game winner and just tucks it in in a very narrow yeah. window. It's it's one of those where I I made, I made this the second game. goal of the night and he's the number one star in a night where he was okay yeah was, I mean decent but yeah it didn't feel like a two goal performance but no he, no he jammed two in no and it's one where it's like <coughs> I, I made this point in my post game story where it was it's kind of it's kind of one of those situations with Bishop where 
the minor detail. It's a it's a position where the minor you play so well, you have a good game, but you the minor de- three minor details came back to bite him. It was yep. three minor details. It was an overcommitment in one direction, overcommitment in another direction, and all three times it got him this year tonight. Just like, burned him tonight. He yeah. gets away with it a lot too. Yes, I'm sure. Yeah. So that's it. Stars try to get one back. They can't. They lose three to two in regulation. Tough one tonight because I thought they played well enough to at least get to overtime. I, mean, yeah. I thought they played well enough to win that game. Yeah, they didn't get. But you know what? It's one game. It's one not, game. It's not panic mode at all. No, it's not. And but it's, you really like to see them get that because, Sean, I can't even count how many times over the six seasons now I've done Dallas Stars hockey that they've been the fresh team mm-hmm. and haven't been able to take advantage yeah. of it. I don't know. Look, it seems like there are a lot of times where the stars of the tire team, we just say, hey, they just didn't have the legs tonight. You know, but it was this. They, they played the night before. The other team was rested. This was third game in four nights for Minnesota. Stars had a couple days to recover from their three and four. And you saw it in the first period. They had them. But if you leave it, let a team get into it, they get the life, don't they? Yeah. And, and I'll say Got to put them away when you have the chance early. I'll say this before we go to the lightning round, just because this may even preempt some questions. How weird is it that we're talking about goaltending being the issue? It's rare. Like, this like year the, with like, the Stars? Like, and last year, too. Like To, to talk yeah. about for to. This to me, like, is, oh, they cost like, them the like game. The tonight. fact that it's so rare that we're talking about it, and that it is such a big issue—not issue—that it was the fact that it is a talking point. It, it is notable. Like that is more of a testament to the standard and what the goaltending has become. And so I, I know you don't. It's it's not. Well, it's fit, a good point. I think uh, you've yeah. become a little bit bit uh, spoiled in the fact yeah, that you, the goaltending's been so good. Yeah. So. I'm, I'm saying that now because I'm sure it'll probably preempt some questions when people bring things up. So let's let's go to the lightning All right, round. to the 100th lightning round. Did we do questions in the beginning? Probably not. I have no idea. Oh, I'm sure we didn't early because we were just making it up. So yeah. it's probably not the 100th. We're still kind of making it up. Lightning round. <laughs> That's for darn sure. So not the... Not the 100th lightning round, but the lightning round of the 100th episode. Uh... Nine hours ago, I'm sure you saw this because you liked it. Yeah. Gallup Gus writes in, congratulations in advance on reaching 100 episodes of the CarCast. We need balloons. We do. <laughs> yes. So then you can have balloon strings stuck to your car for the next No, no, months. no. Just like, like dropping from the oh, like, <laughs> like, Yes, because like, that plays really well. We need, we need kazoos and noisemakers yeah. because balloons don't play well in yeah. our audio yeah. CarCast. Right? Yes. How are they going to know we have balloons? We'll say that. We they, have balloons, everyone. <laughs> And they don't know. <laughs> Technically, they... Yeah, okay, we don't have balloons. We don't have... Or do we? Um, so, asking my question early because I'll be going... up oh, Kerbage. That's a Jeep. That's a Jeep. I'll be going to the game with friends from out of town and then listed a whole bunch of names. My question, my friend... Welcome, friends. Hello, friends. My friend Mecha Dragon 101 lives in New York, and he had never been to an NHL game before, so I got him tickets to all three games in the most recent tri-state road trip. He enjoyed his time, but I was generous. Was I generous for doing this or crazy or both? So I must say, first thing, sounds like a bit of a humble brag. Was I generous for sending my friend to three NHL games last week? Yeah, that was very generous. You're a good friend. It sounds like you're a good friend. Crazy? I don't know. I mean, I the beholder? Yeah, but I mean, it sounds like you're a good friend. Yeah. Or whoever your friend is, you're, they mean they're, it's a type of friend that you are willing to buy three games of NHL tickets for. So, good friendship. 
All, All right. right, next question. Next question. <laughs> good, good friendship. Wow. Well, you know, you got to bring out all the uh, the big guns. Exactly. For the exactly. Joe writes in, if the star, Joe Walton, if the stars stand pat at the deadline and Dallas gets eliminated in the first or, se- or, or in four games by St. Louis in the second, is it time to move on from nil? No. <laughs> Do elaborate, please. No, I like. I mean, he's, he's asking. No, it's like, not. They're not going to. No, like. And like I think the only reason why the stars would change GMs is if they had a complete, complete collapse. Knock on wood, and didn't make the playoffs. Yeah, if they miss the playoffs, they're changing GMs. But that's. It. I don't believe that'll be the yeah. case. Um. Yeah. So probably not. AJ writes in. What is it about the Wild that makes them kryptonite to the stars? It's a good point. Um. Dallas lost the season series. They lost three of four games, two in regulation, one via blowout, which was right before the All-Star week and bye week. But the other two wins, one was a shootout win, which Rick Bonus called to us earlier today was, he said, basically it's a tie and then obviously the point matters, but he goes, yeah. you don't lose the game because you lost the shootout. Yeah. I like that mentality because it is a skills competition. Because losing the shootout has nothing to do with how you played the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but but they, then they won this one late, and then the Stars won, remember that epic comeback, 6-3. It, it, to me, that's, that's, back in October. That, that, that 6-3 game that may have saved the Stars season, it to, sure me, did. to me that takes them out of the kryptonite level. Because if they, they crushed them in if that they, game. If they were still, the if, if Minnesota was truly kryptonite, that was the that was the game that would have maybe ended the star season. It's so. a division game. So there's a history. There's playoff history yeah. there. These teams play each other really tough. Yeah. I think the Stars are a better team mm-hmm. than Minnesota. Their goaltending by far is better. Although Stalock's been really good and yeah. Dubnik played well tonight, yeah. but. Due respect to Minnesota, they are still scrapping and clawing, and they're a much better team with a healthy Zach Parisi, aren't they? They are, yes. Um, <coughs> appreciate everybody uh, putting up with all my coughing tonight. Scott writes in, just a comment. See, Sean and Owen, this is why the Stars shouldn't score first. Thank you. <laughs> By the way, that's Scott Hoover. You know who he is. Thank you, Scott, for... Uh, we used to play the nooner with him. I haven't no. seen him for a while, no. but he always comes up with funny things. And uh, the other day, I don't know if you saw me reply to him. I did not. By saying that's ridiculous. But he posed the, do you think the Rangers? Oh, that one. I did see that one, yeah. Not playing Chris Kreider so they couldn't scout him, which is absurd. Yeah. But funny. Silly. No. The Rangers would be happy to sell Chris Kreider to trade him to the Dallas Stars for the right price. Yes. So, that no, they're worried about his health. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, of course, he's playing again. He scored a goal. He's 20th goal of the year tonight. Uh, was it tonight? Maybe played tonight, yeah. It was tonight, yeah. Uh, Larson, why Polak is on the ice and Fadoon the healthy scratch? They, I mean, it's the coaches trust Polak. That's well, they mean. trust Fadoon, too, but it's they like Polak's mm, They size. trust Polak more than they trust Fadoon. Fair, fair, right. But it, it's... He's higher up on the depth chart. Yes. Um, Alan writes in disappointing outcome tonight. Without making changes to the lineup, what changes would you make to the current system to increase scoring? What changes would I make to the current system to increase scoring? Um, it's a really thoughtful question by Alan. I also don't think we have time to do that right now. So, like, it's it, it's. Rick um, Bonus said today that he. 
he said that he typically at this point he's expecting to push, ask the defense to jump into the play a, a tad bit more than they might want to ordinarily. That Not the defense, but his yeah, no, coaching it, staff is asking him because they need to help with the offense a bit more. He said where we might have them back off a bit. No, and, that, and that's that's very good. And, and my, my point to Alan is it's a very good question, Alan. It's a question where the simple answer that to talk about it right now is going to keep me up way too late at night. Okay. So that's I'm just trying to be fair because I don't want to give the half-baked answer to this. Roman Irolock. Okay. <laughs> uh, why does the coaching staff not trust rookies with more ice time, especially the one who is tied for the team lead in goal scoring? His ice time has been improving. Like, I, he does. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to argue both sides here, okay? Okay. Dennis Gurganov needs to play more. I agree. I am not disagreeing that he does that he like he needs to play more. I'm not. He and Rope are the most exciting stars yeah. forwards right now. Yes, they both need to play more. I am they not. Are, but it's amazing because for years Tyler Sagan and Jamie Benn mm-hmm. were the big offensive draws yeah. and the excitement level. And look, they're still good players. But when you look for flashy, noticeable guys up front, it's those two. Yeah, it's Hanson and so, Gurianov. And so they both need to play more. I'm going to establish that fact. One, that can be true. Okay. Two. You do also have to give credit because the coaching staff is trusting them more. It may not be to the level that I would like to see or many of the fans would like to see, but at the same time, Garano's ice time has been going up. His situational use has been going up. He's yep. playing in three-on-three overtime. When the, game is, when the game is close, he's playing more. So two things can be true. He needs to play more. He is earning more coaches' trust. They're also trust. making him earn it. They're not just handing it to him. And I yes. look, I know people are going to say, well, he scored a lot, so he has been earning it. Right, but remember, he had a terrible start to the year. I actually didn't think he played well enough in training camp to earn the opening night roster spot. He didn't. But, but, he even admitted that. But the right. team wanted him on there, yeah. so they gave it to him. Then he had a terrible start yeah. to the year. They sent him down. Yeah. Are people saying that that was a bad idea, that he should have been? No, it, it gave him some confidence. He came back, and then he started playing yeah. well. They benched him not that long ago for a period, and people flipped out. But, you know, again, this is uh, – it's like uh, – Rick Bonus said it's like dealing with your children. You can't just uh, give them things and, and never look the uh, never discipline oh. them. You need to work and be consistent, and I, I'm okay with it. Look, Dennis Gurionov is playing well. Maybe instead of being upset that he isn't playing 35 minutes a night, which was an unrealistic number – why not say, you know what, I think that this progression is a good thing for Dennis. Well, and, and you've seen things in Dennis's game now that only that only come from this type of you have to earn it. He is now a better defensive player. He's more pays more attention yes. to details. He's doing all those things now that that coaches need and see to trust. I actually think Dennis would be a really good weapon on the penalty kill at some point because, because of his speed. Because of his speed. Goodness. Because of his speed. Yeah. So. The next step is he needs more minutes. He needs he does need to play more. I am all for him playing more. I also think we also need to give some credit because he is getting more opportunities. But also tap the brakes because yeah. look, Tyler Sagan didn't get the kind of defensive minutes at that stage of his career mm-hmm. that he does now, and he was at least as dynamic as Gurionov if not even more exciting because of his other parts of his offensive game, not just his speed, mm-hmm. uh, but you know. There, that was a lot of knock on Sagan. Well, he's he's offensive. He doesn't have yeah. the defensive side of his game. <clears throat> you can go overboard on that. So uh, I think the Stars are, are doing a, a, a decent job. Yes, can he have more? He can both. They can both be doing things the right way and maybe give him more minutes. That can both be true. Andrea writes in, congrats on 100. 
Here's to many more. Glancing at the press box from across the building tonight, I wondered, oh boy. Sean, do you get to pick where you sit and who you sit next to? And Owen, do you get to pick where you watch the game from when you aren't live on the radio? Um, I'll let you. It's assigned seats. I'll let you go first. So it's assigned seats. Uh, The uh, I'm typically in like seat 17, 18, something like that. Um, You have a number. I have a booth, so I don't have a number. You get a full booth in your ivory tower. I'll get to that in a minute. And so, uh, uh, (laughs) yeah, I'm typically we don't get to pick our seats. It's assigned seats. It's assigned seats everywhere you go. Like when we go to every NHL every NHL building we I go to, um, it's an assigned seat and. I'm typically sitting next to Matt DeFranks 90% of the time because at the Winter Classic I had an assigned seat and sat in it in the press box. So same thing. So typically, mo- typically sitting next to Matt DeFranks from the Dallas Morning News, and on most road games it's typically me, him, and Mike Hike all sitting next to each other in some order, as assigned by the uh, host organization. Fair enough. For me, Andrea, uh, we have a radio booth. So we have, there's, I could, if there's open seating, and usually there's some in the second level, maybe a little bit in the first, but not much. Um, I could go out and sit in the press row if I chose to during the, the periods when I'm not on the air, which is during the intermissions, of course, pregame and post. Um, but I choose to stay in the press uh, booth for a couple reasons. <clears throat> One, I get to make noise. Press box etiquette is such that you're not supposed to cheer out or make noise or whoop or clap or swear <laughs> for bad play. I get to do all those things in the booth without having to uh, get glared at by PR or other media because as a broadcaster, I'm used to being allowed to react during the game when I'm calling play-by-play, which has been a little bit. Um, but you get to, you know, if something happens, you go, oh, hey, and, and talk about it. Whereas in the press box... Doing that is frowned upon. So I like the, uh, I well, it's nice to chat. I would find it distracting to strike up five conversations at once because there's all sorts of people I'd love to talk to. And then I w- it would take my attention away from the game as much. Yes, and when uh, you guys arrived. <laughs> and that happens, too. And when you guys arrived in the press box at the Winter Classic, your partner was a bit loud. <laughs> yes, indeed. I'm not going not gonna to argue that. Yes. So... You, yes. you you can have your ivory booth. I love <laughs> love the booth for the sake of it allows me to be more of a a vocal fan than a quiet library press box kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, do you want to talk more about people that don't like Pollock playing defense late in games? We've touched on it. I know. Okay, so Jeff asked a question about why did Bonus put Pollock out in the final thirty seconds in defense of the faceoff? Well, I mean to get to the quick answer, why? Minnesota went with their three heaviest forwards, and he yes. so he went out with his two heaviest defensemen. Yeah, with, it, was, uh, it was a matchup. Alexiak and Pollock. It was a matchup. And Alexiak had his guy pinned for 20 seconds against the backboards. Mm-hmm. They were in good position, and then it just it didn't yeah. work. Parker writes it. <coughs> excuse me. Um, yep, fighting through this. Parker writes, should Bishop sit a few games to get a mental break? Three soft goals in the last two games. Misplayed several pucks. Luckily, the wild shot at wide. We talked about that one. Thought he rushed the play for no reason and put Pavelski in a rough spot in overtime at New York as well. I don't. I don't think sitting him for. I don't think sitting Look, him for a couple games. Hudobin's going to play tomorrow, against yeah. uh, St. Louis. Yeah, that's just back to back. Interesting, Sean, because lately, and you noticed this first, so I can't take credit for it. They have been playing Anton first in the back to back and Bishop in the second. Yeah. 
They're not doing that with this one. Do you uh, think it's because it was the home game? No, here's why. Um, I think it was because Anton got smoked 7 nothing by Minnesota the last time out. And Jeff Reese is a big believer in looking at recent history against yes. other teams. And so I think it was more so. Um, well, unfortunately, you look at uh, Bishop's season against Minnesota in the season series, not good. Yeah, no. Didn't get, yeah. No, uh, you know, pulled once, Cause they, they, came on in relief once, got shelled. They had four games with Minnesota, they right? They were so bad in that it, game they had four in games, They had four games with Minnesota, and in two of them, both of the goalies played. So it's – yeah. Um, I, I just think it was Including kind of – Including the one win. Yeah, I, th- I think it was more so of Hudobin got smoked the last time out against Minnesota. Let's go with it this way. Because um, they didn't want to play Bishop in that game, but they they kind of gave a mercy pull for. Yeah, like I would imagine coming up. So there's another Arizona. there's another back to back next week, right? Yeah, it's a uh, Montreal on Ottawa. It, it's a three and four with uh, Toronto. Toronto on Thursday. I would imagine we'll probably see Bishop. Um, I would imagine we'll probably see a setup kind of. Sim- you think it's going to be Toronto and then Ottawa with Hudobin middle, similar to what we saw in, in New York. Speaking of which. Jack Campbell, former yes. Stars draft pick and uh, you know Texas Star Calder Cup winning goalie, uh, gets his first win tonight in overtime with the Toronto Maple Leafs after getting yeah. traded from L.A. So we will see Jack. We thought we might see him at the end of the year when they're in L.A., but now we'll see him in Toronto next, next week, week which yeah. will be the last time the Stars and Leafs play for the regular season. Yeah. So that's kind of fun. Uh, let's see. Uh... One more. Uh, this would be interesting. Belfort's billion-dollar bribe. <laughs> no real question for the car cast. Just disappointment that it seems like the stars aren't sticking with they, that they are sticking with bonus. He plays not to lose instead of to win. That's not true. We'll bite the team soon. Congrats on the hundredth episode. Can't wait for hundred more. My favorite podcast. Thank you very yes, much for thank that. You. By the way, Jeff also wrote in asking that said that bonus said he didn't want to be a head coach but is here to step in why would the stars have an assistant head coach who didn't want to be a head coach as, as a goal um i don't think the end of that question makes sense but so okay. a couple of people brought that up what do you think so i think a lot of people are referring to the recent comment that rick bonus was talking about hey they they asked me to step in here and hand, and do the best we can till the end of the year. Something he said after practice, I believe it was uh, Thursday. Uh, what's today? Thursday. Uh, Thursday he said that. Um, it's, I mean, it's more of a tone. It's it's more of, for bonus, that's more of a tone and a role where he wants Jim Montgomery to be the head coach. Just like, I think, like deep down, like, Rick Bonus wanted to be wants Jim Montgomery to be the head coach. He wishes that this That's what he signed up for. He wishes that this didn't happen to someone he's very close with and he's friends with. And I still think that weighs on him. And I also think to assume Rick Bonus doesn't want an NHL head coaching gig is false because otherwise he wouldn't have interviewed for he interviewed for the Anaheim was it the Anaheim job he interviewed for? He had two, didn't he? Yeah, I believe he had two interviews. He went to Ottawa. Yeah. And then Anaheim. Yeah. So if he if he was if he didn't interview for those two, if he wasn't interested, he wouldn't have wasted their time. So it's something he still wants to be a head coach. Um, It's I think he's struggling with the fact that he still doesn't want to have gotten it this way. Yeah, and I think he's also struggling with the fact too where he's not. He was kind of honest with us the other day about how he was his own critic and everything. And I still think he's going through the fact where he doesn't feel like he's prepared. 
and I'm, and this is me doing like a 200 foot analysis of someone don't know what's going on in their head, but just doing some analysis. I think it's a point where he still doesn't think he's completely prepared for this role because he hasn't been. Um, Oops, sorry. What are you doing? Trying to show you a video. Because he hasn't. Because he hasn't. I didn't realize my sound was off. Because he didn't. He didn't come into this season preparing to be a head coach. He went through this season preparing one way to be this assistant to run this and all that, and so it's still been this massive learning curve of adjusting everything on the fly, where if he had been a head coach in a more traditional manner, you have an entire summer to plan, you have all of this to plan, you have your own things to plan. So it's weird of kind of taking his own things, trying to mix them with what Monty did, and at the same time dealing with the all thing where I think he still goes into Monty's office, his office, thinking That's this is Monty's office. office. Yeah, I think he might he's, still be fighting yeah, with that. Yeah. doesn't mean he's not giving the all-out yeah. effort. It's just... I think there's a, a dilemma in his mind yeah. about it. Uh, Bryce wrote in, just a, not a, com- a question, just a good video I got. Uh, check this out. So we're watching the Dennis Gurianov goal in the second period. Is, cool perspective, isn't it? That is a good spot. Yeah. Uh, right near the glass down yeah. by that dot. Yeah. Uh, he ripped it. So yeah. and it, it also it's fun to see it down that low because you can see just how fast the play develops mm-hmm. because up in the press box you see it and it yeah. looks like it's slow and methodical. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ardell writes in, will Tyler Sagan ever score a goal again? And his other question is, if Rads is out, who comes in tomorrow versus St. Louis? If your Rads comes in, um, right? Well, that's the no-brainer. It's the only healthy forward. He's they have. the only healthy forward. They have. They but have. how would you put that together? Um, um, I would probably you move Dennis up. I would, yeah, I would probably move Dennis up. So you keep Hint, Sagan, and Ben. I would go Hins, Sagan, Ben. No, um... Yanmark with uh, Pavelski and Gurianov? I would actually, you know what? Did you see they put Yanmark up with uh, Ben and Sagan a little bit yeah, there? I would, they were doing some rotations there. I would actually go... And they put Dickinson out for one? I would probably, you know what? I, It's not the... I would probably actually go... I would like to see Gurianov, Hintz, and Pavelski together. Yeah. I would like to see that line. And then I'd be... Put uh, Kivy on the right with Ben and Sagan? No. Here's what I would do. Okay. It's the reason you have him. Now he does. He's not at this point in his career anymore. But why else do you have Corey Perry? Like this is the game where if Corey, if you're going to it's use an interesting thought, why like, not? Like yeah. if you're going to elevate Corey Perry from time to time, this is the game to do it. Second oh, game of back. So then you would have Dickinson, Yanmar, so, Kivi, Rasa. So, yes. Okay. Yeah, I would go. Um, I, would go a, I, I would go Ben. I would go Ben Sagan, Perry. Boy, that would be interesting if it and worked then, out. Too, and then yeah, like and, and it's he's not at that point in his career anymore. But if you can elevate him for one game. He didn't play a lot of minutes tonight. No, you're right. Yeah. Like, like, why else? Like, that's what I would do. Okay. I didn't mind Kiviranza with Ben and Sagan. When I, I didn't too. mind him either, but you could, just, you could see that. But I also know, like, there's also there's some old chemistry there too between uh, Ben and Perry that maybe you could bring back. So, like, yeah. I think let's finish the 100th episode of the Carcast with a Val Nachushkin question. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you'd get a kick out of that. Well, we did. We did. We did go talk about double zero as a number. Nathan. <laughs> Ouch! That's such a burn. Nathan writes in. How do you think management are feeling? I don't know if I like the the way that's written. Is management feeling? Is feeling? Is feeling? Should management is singular, even though there are multiple people in management. Uh, but how do you think management is feeling? about Val and his success in Colorado. Do you think it's a simple case of a player improving with a change of scenery and fresh start, or did the Stars make a mistake? I don't think they made a mistake because I just don't think he would have had that success. No, he was so uh, he needed the, mired in 
frustration and mediocrity here. Yeah. He needed to go somewhere. He needed he needed the fresh start. The stars needed a fresh start front away from him. Like it's I'm sure it's it's definitely frustrating from a like damn why, why couldn't you do that? Why with us? why couldn't you have done that for us? But yes. He needed. He Stars needed, weren't going to pay him three million a no. year to not score a goal. No. He and look, remember Jack Campbell? Yeah. Of course you do. We talked about yeah. him earlier tonight. Mm-hmm. Jack was having the same problem. He yeah. was stuck with the overwhelming burden of being the heir apparent to Kari Lettinen mm-hmm. with this franchise, as drafted in the first round. Yeah. Uh, was 2010. Yeah. Right. Yes. And. Or uh, 2011. Was it 11? Maybe. Anywho, anywho. Anyway, we're getting stuck in the wrong part of it. So the best thing for Jack Campbell was to go to the L.A. Kings AHL team in Ontario, Mm -hmm. reinvent himself under some different goalie coaches, work his way up without the pressure Mm -hmm. of being the number one draft, the first round draft pick. And he's had a nice career. He's been a good backup to Jonathan Quick, played well at times. Now he's getting some time to play with Freddie Anderson Hurt in Toronto to be the guy with the Maple Leafs, which is really cool because Jack's from Port Huron, Michigan, which is the eastern side of the mitten, really close across the Peace Bridge to Sarnia. Mm-hmm. I don't know which bridge that is. I think it's the Peace Bridge. Anyway, uh, he played in Windsor? Mm-hmm. Question mark. He played uh, in, in the OHL over in... Yeah in Ontario there. So to be part of that, it's a cool thing for him. Um, and so look, sometimes you just have to, to cut t- ties, say good luck. And if they do well, don't, don't fret too much about it. Just say good, good for him. Look, Val's a nice kid. We liked him. He was always yeah. polite, uh, fun to talk to quiet, but, but actually would smile and chat a little bit. Yeah. I want him to do well. I wish he was doing well for the stars, but move on. Yeah. And that is uh, 100. That is the final question we're taking in the lightning round. I need to go to bed because my voice sounds awful. Hopefully it'll feel better. But uh, thank you, everybody, for your questions. We hope you've enjoyed the first 100 car casts. And uh, obviously, we're going to keep going. Uh, Carolina Hurricanes Military Appreciation Night will be 101. And just a spoiler alert, because it's episode 101, we're going to start the counter over again. Yes. So I'm going to let Sean, usually I have a say in it, mm. I'm going to let him have carte blanche to pick whichever number one he prefers best, which is a tough one because every goalie wore one. I, I do actually, I actually am curious because I have to look at this. Yes. I am curious to see if there's anyone who is non-goalie who's worn one. Ooh, good question. Like, I don't know. I, I don't bet know. you it's one of the largest yes. sets of numbers. Yes. I will. But we're going to go all through the single digits. Yeah. So there's going to be some really tough, like how do you... Mike Madonna or Gordie Howe? Probably Gordie Howe. Mm-hmm. But how do you not pick Mike Madonna in a Dallas Stars-related card cast? Yes. Because it's Gordie Howe. Mm-hmm. We'll have that debate. We will. But we don't have to do that yet because episode 101 is next. Uh, so, yeah, thank you for listening. We appreciate it. And if you'd like to sponsor the card cast, and we're not joking, let us know because I'm sure we'd be happy to promote your business.